A quick message before the episode gets underway. I'd just like to say how wonderful your business or event is. Our other listeners, of whom there are many, probably want to know about it too, right now at the start of the show. And isn't it great that you can use such a locally focused platform such as the RG10 podcast to let people know about it? So why not advertise with us or sponsor an episode or series? Find out more at the end of the show. Welcome to the RG10 podcast, brought to you by the people behind RG10 magazine. The aim is to bring you interviews, information and entertainment. In fact, anything interesting that's relevant to living around here. It's the oddest and biggest antique shop you could wish for. 50 years of mechanical transport just off the old Bath Road in Twyford, Berkshire. There you'll find vehicles of all kinds, from bone shakers to traction engines, the hobby and flourishing business of the Goody Brothers, Harold and Eric. If you are of a certain age, you may well remember the Goody's Brothers scrapyard. It's no longer there, and what you'll now find is Charville Country Park. The park covers 75 hectares and is reclaimed from old gravel pits. It's now a haven for wildlife. For example, it's got a couple of nationally rare plants and is also popular with bird watchers, with wildfowl and herons being the main attraction. You'll also see some magnificent examples of Brunel's railway viaducts spanning the many branches of the River Loddon. Now, a classic legacy of gravel pits are lakes, and Chival Country Park is no different. For example, one of them is called Canberra Lake. Dug out over 50 years ago, it's got an average depth of about 11 feet. Now, just so you know which one I'm talking about, imagine you're walking out of Twyford, past the Wagon and Horses pub. You go over a couple of bridges, the second one called White Bridge, presumably because of its white railings, and on the immediate left you'll see a yellow barrier gate. Make your way through there and Canberra is the biggest of the three lakes you'll find. And there's a good reason that the lake got its name and it's due to an event that happened 70 years ago almost to the day. The story starts 25 miles away at RAF Abingdon, now called Dalton Barracks. Abingdon was part of RAF Transport Command and actually featured quite heavily in a film released in 1953 called The Red Beret, which proved to be a big success at the British box office. Morning, McKendry. Where's the wing commander? Search me, Mac. I'm a stranger here myself. Who's in command of this squadron? Inside. Hey, shorty, front and centre. My name's Hamilton. Sorry we're late. We're all a little punchy. No shut-eye for the last 36 hours. Been on maneuvers with the airborne guys over Ireland. Hmm, so I heard. Hey, bud, catch! On 27th of January that same year, a twin jet bomber, an English electric Canberra, was taking off from Abington for a two-hour training flight. This model of aircraft saw its first flight in 1949, and in 1951 it set a world record when it became the first jet aircraft to make a non-stop transatlantic flight. It was introduced to the RAF a few months after this, becoming the service's first jet-powered bomber. In Charville, 25 miles away from Abingdon on the 27th of January, the weather was 9 degrees, wet and windy. 
Eric Goody was standing at the entrance to his yard when he saw the Canberra, and what he saw wasn't good. It was falling out of the sky and corkscrewing towards the ground. He wasn't the only witness. An off-duty police officer also saw the plane diving towards the ground and heard what he described as a loud boom. It must have been this same noise that alerted the landlady of the wagon and horses. She ran out of the pub, looked along the road and saw smoke. One final witness saw it all. The aircraft smashing into the old Bath Road opposite Goody's yard, the explosion and the flames. Two people were on board the plane and they were both dead. A week later, an inquest into the tragedy was held at the almshouses in Twyford, and that's where many of these details were revealed. Wreckage was found up to a quarter of a mile away from the crash site. Communications between Twyford and Reading were cut after telephone wires were brought down, and the road was destroyed. In fact, the plane left a crater 12 metres wide by 8 metres deep. To give you an idea of how deep that is... The average height of a two-storey house is around seven metres. The verdict given was accidental death due to the disintegration of the plane. No cause was ever found and the case was closed. I discovered other incidents of fatalities involving Canberra aircraft from around this time. In 1956 alone, there were four cases where Canberras were described as simply diving into the ground. It would seem that this incident in Charville was not a one-off. At the inquest, the last signatures of the two airmen in the book authorising the training flight were shown to the coroner by Flight Lieutenant W.S. Dossett of RAF Abingdon. This is what he said. I trained the pilot on this aircraft. He'd done more than 1,900 hours flying, but on this type only two hours, this being his second solo with it. The pilot was 32 years old and left a widow and a two-year-old son. The man who died beside him was the navigator on the plane. His parents had also lost an older son in a similar accident just four years earlier. So Canberra Lake was named as such to remember this tragedy and perhaps we should be grateful for the skill of the pilot because if the plane had come down just a few hundred metres in either direction the death toll could have been far, far worse. By the way, the pilot was called Stanley Orrell, the navigator William Hout and the lakes either side of Canberra Lake are named after these men. I've been trying to come up with some final words for this episode, but it's rather hard to do so without it sounding a little bit trite. So instead, I think I'll just let the park itself do the talking. Thanks so much for listening to the RG10 podcast. We're now into the fourth year of the show and have built up a growing number of listeners and viewers. Yes, you can watch the podcast on YouTube and see clips on social media too. And if you sponsor or advertise with us, 
You'll be speaking directly to local and engaged potential customers, just like I am to you. Finally, if you've got any thoughts about who or what we can include in future episodes, then please do let us know via the rg10mag.com website or on any of our various social media channels. Thanks for listening. 